1: Fantasy freaks and geeks, what's up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live Podcast, your host here, James Co., joined alongside my guy, MG Marcus Grant, for realsies this time. Congratulations. Thank you.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, no. Duh. You were
1: online mad at me for a sec though. You know, cuz just you just just picking at old wounds, <laughs> man. Just picking at old wounds. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. You know, the Warriors they pick up a second MVP in Kevin Durant. It's been so, it has literally been the easiest NBA championship
2: I mean I guess it, I guess probably it feels, ever. I guess it feels easy for like the you know the the people who aren't uh invested emotionally in one yes. way or another. Uh for those of us who are fans, it has been it has been stressful. Why? You swept the entire Western economy. because it's so it's the way I explained it to a friend of mine recently is like you know having been through some something similar like you know when Pete Carroll really had it rolling at USC and, okay. and they were a you know a top-ranked team uh when they would win games? Yes. You wouldn't feel as much joy as you'd I feel see. a lot of relief. Relief. Right. And that's kind of what this was because, you know, there was so much on this, and they were expected to win so that when they finally won, yeah, it was relief. I mean, like, i was you before we started, when they lost game four, uh, a good friend of mine was in a mild panic. I um, <laughs> was already, like, you know, freaking out about how he would never watch basketball oh, again
3: if they, if they blew that oh, Guys, this great. is all well and good, right. but –
1: doesn't matter for fantasy. It matter. <laughs> <laughs> <It doesn't>
3: matter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're
1: right. Alex Gelhart, the WizKid from Wisconsin. What's up, man? Uh, busy day
3: today so far, but it's been, I've been getting stupid meetings left and right. They're just disrupting everything. Okay.
1: All right, there you go. But I'm
3: excited to be here.
1: Yeah, buddy. All right, we got a great show in front of you here today. We're going to talk about your head top headlines. We're going to give you a mock draft results, our reactions there as well. A 12-team mock draft. It was great. All of you you whiners like,
3: man, go find two more friends. Nobody plays in (laughs) 10-team standard leagues. (laughs) Uh, We went and got some friends, all right? Calm down. Yeah. You'll get a 14-team mock draft later this summer too. Yeah. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it.
1: (laughs) We're going to break down the AFC North today, the Steelers, the Bengalis, the Ravens, and the lowly Browns. Can they make a comeback here in 2017, we shall discuss all things AFC North. We're going to answer your Facebook Live questions. We'll answer your Twitter questions. And we'll, of course, close out with a round of daily daps. I got a good one. I got I got one that I'm, I'm fired up about. Uh-oh. And I'm fired up to share. All right, so we'll see. Oh we'll, we'll start your show, as we always do, with your top headlines. The camera
2: highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news.
1: Breaking
0: news. Breaking news.
1: Breaking news. Whistles go. I like turtles. We
0: continue to follow breaking news.
1: Watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to have your kids, have your wife. All right, we'll start. Uh, can I let me let me address a comment? What? <laughs> oh, on Facebook Live already, Mark Sessler chiming in says does every browns quarterback start games this season please send help
3: oh, i'm glad mark's mark's uh, <laughs> tuning into the podcast live as we're going on oh so.
1: that is tremendous um i would hope not i hope deshaun kaiser suits up at one point and really takes the reins but we shall find we'll talk about the cleveland browns a little later in the show we'll start uh in baltimore jeremy macklin ended his unexpected but brief free agency period by signing with baltimore on monday it was a down year last year no doubt about it for jeremy macklin he's 29 years old he had growing injuries that limited him to just 12 games 536 yards two touchdowns that's it in 2015 macklin though very solid 1088 through the year, eight touchdowns. MG, what is he what does he do in 2017 with Joe Flacco? Um well I I think
2: he's obviously gonna inherit a, a huge target share there. I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of targets left out there. I like the move. I mean I like I him love in, it. I like him in Baltimore. You know, I love he it. He pairs up well with uh with Mike Wallace there. He's kind of that guy. You, you know, you mentioned I think we talked about this before. He is a he has the potential to be a deep threat. We've just kind of forgotten about it because the Chiefs never Alex threw the ball downfield. Ugh. Um But he can do so much more there. I think it's a really interesting one-two punch. I think it's a sad day for the Brashad Perryman truthers, though. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tomer Simpson going into the back. Seriously, they're just like a fade. Away. All right, see you later. Uh, what does it mean for Mike Wallace though, Wiz?
3: I mean, I think it's going to be the same thing. Last year, Mike Wallace played opposite the the target hog in Steve Smith and still put up over 1,000 yards and four touchdowns. This is probably a better thing for him. They need more options there. I don't think either of these guys really is a standout number one over the other one, Mike Wallace versus Jeremy Macklin. So I think they can thrive in almost almost an Amari Cooper slash uh, Michael Crabtree rule. Yeah, I think they're more 1A and 1B. Really? Michael Wallace, Mike Wallace has like seven top twenty-four PPR finishes in the last like twelve years. He can take the top off. Okay, he's he's led passing attacks before I in Miami, like... in Minnesota, in Pittsburgh before Antonio Brown came in. He all did,
1: of those, he, all of those teams except for Pittsburgh, when he was the best receiver, those teams were bad.
3: Yeah, that's not an indictment of him. He just made bad decisions <laughs> on where to go. No, no,
1: I'm just saying. No, what I'm saying is that if he is your number one. You don't have a very good wide receiver core. I, I really feel like Jeremy Macklin, to me, is a, a better well-rounded wide receiver, better route runner, better hands. He can do more things. I, I don't know. I, to me, he's the clear one, and Mike Wallace is the clear, too. If we get 2015
3: Jeremy Macklin. But this is also a guy that, even outside of those years, his start of the career in Philadelphia was marred by a lot of injuries. Okay, It's a guy that's put it together for a couple years, but it's like, well, we need to see which real Jeremy Macklin there is. And okay. I think... Wallace already has a connection with Flacco. He's been there for years. He's seen a fair amount of targets. We know he can get deep. He's also, he can run intermediately. He's not the most, you know, elite route runner. He's not like Odell Beckham shaking fools left and right out there. But this is a good situation for both of them, and I think they'll both come out of value.
1: I tell you what, I think Macklin helps Mike Wallace considerably because it should open up the field somewhat. I think the top cornerback, MG, will will be, you know, trailing uh, Jeremy Macklin. It should open up the field a bit. For Mike Wallace, and we know Joe Flacco likes to go deep.
2: Right. No, I, I mean, look, I, th- I think this is a win-win for everybody involved. Oh, I, yeah. I think the thing about oh, Mike yeah. Wallace, I feel like Mike Wallace has generally been – it's hard to it's hard to say he's underrated. I mean, because you know he hasn't put up the kind of numbers he did in Pittsburgh. But you go back and you look at his totals each and every year; yeah. they are bad. Okay, I mean, you know they're not they're not wide receiver one numbers. But he's been a guy fantasy wise if you can like pluck off the waiver wire or get late in a draft, plug him in as a third wide receiver, maybe a flex option, and generally he has provided pretty good production in that role. But I think I think we. We all expected him to leave Pittsburgh and continue to just put up banana's numbers, and it, it hasn't happened, and so right. we've been disappointed by it. Right, me... his,
3: his Minnesota year wasn't that great. It was not him, great. But no, no, but that, that, was, that was not a good year. That was also the like, – it was Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater in his first year when oh. they only threw the ball 440 times. <laughs> and and uh, they didn't throw it downfield. Yeah, it was split. Diggs had 84 <laughs> targets, Rudolph had 73, and Wallace had 72.
1: All right, let me give you guys some numbers here, as we always do on Fantasy. But uh, Steve Smith, Kamar Aiken, Dennis Pitta. All gone. That's 272 targets.
3: Kyle check had another like 52 as well.
1: That's exactly right. Another. That's another 1900. That's 1900. About 1900 yards up for grabs in that passing game. Mike Wallace, Jeremy Macklin, both those gentlemen step into a massive, massive share. Who will grab the reins? It may be one. It may be both. But I tell you what, I like the prospects. For Jeremy Macklin. All right, Eric Decker was officially cut by the Jets on Monday, and one of the many teams interested the aforementioned Baltimore Ravens. Both Adam Schefter and Jason LaConfora list Baltimore as being a team that could make a push to sign Decker. If, well, we also heard about him uh, having a a visit to Tennessee. Uh, I guess, MG, where would you prefer Eric Decker to go?
2: Well, now that Macklin is in Baltimore, I'd rather have him go to Tennessee. Mm. Um, just you know, let's let's spread this out a little bit. Okay. You no, know, we can't have too many guys absorbing targets in one place. So yeah. uh, you know, the Titans could use a wide receiver. They could use some help on the outside. Uh, you know, I know Corey Davis is there, and I, I still think Rashard Matthews has some potential this year. But adding He'd be a guy great like,
3: veteran leadership, keep, him, keep yeah. him out of Tennessee, please. I don't want him really. There. I don't oh wow! No. Right now we've got three viable fantasy options in Tennessee: as is Corey Davis, yeah. Rashard Matthews, and Delaney Walker. Okay. Eric Decker is going to come in and muddle Hux that up. up. Okay. You know where he should go? Carolina. All they have right now is basically like Kelvin Benjamin and, and Greggles. They've okay. got Devin Funches, whatever. Curtis Samuel is not going to probably make a huge impact or, you know, vac- be like a vacuum and suck up a ton of targets as a rookie. Shirt run CMC will get some. Christian McCaffrey. But they could use a stabilizing presence in that passing attack a la when they had Steve Smith back there when Cam was starting and pummeled him with targets.
1: If I could play fantasy uh, GM for just a second? Yeah. How about Decker goes to Baltimore, and Baltimore then flips Mike Wallace to Carolina because Carolina like that. Carolina desperately needs a deep threat. They need speed on the outside. They do. I mean, all those guys you listed. Eric I Decker think... was a good deep threat back in the day. He can still Come on, be. on, No, he can be. He's coming off a of hip surgery. He's 30 years old. Come on, brother still be a deep threat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're, we're talking about Jeremy
3: Macklin with all his litany of injuries.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, threat. it's not
3: surgery-related. I mean – I'd Je- take Eric Decker deep threat over Jeremy Macklin deep threat. Are you – I'm 100% serious.
1: Come on. 100% serious. No, come on, man. No, I'm dead serious. I, I mean, I know we love – I know I know the the the, the stronghold loves, you know, De- Eric Decker, but come on. Jeremy Macklin's got speed for days, brother. Really?
3: Uh hold on, hold on. Let me let me go to the next gen stats and oh, stuff real right. quick. I don't know that it next <laughs> Jeremy Macklin having speed for days, as you say. That's not quite exactly the player I remember. Oh. Especially not last year.
1: Well, not last year. All right. <laughs> While you look that up, we shall move forward. Around the NFL's Greg Rosenthal previewed the LA Rams yesterday and highlighted the fact that new head coach Sean McVay is attempting to create mismatches with Todd Gurley by moving him all over the field and that includes out wide as a receiver we don't know exactly how he's going to be used we're talking about todd Gurley, but it is clear to me anyways mcveigh wants to get Gurley more involved in the passing game this has to be extremely exciting for his fantasy upside mg uh yeah i mean
2: I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm so skeptical of Todd Gurley and the Rams.
1: <laughs> I, I just said extremely excited, and I went to the guy that was the least excited. Like, I just, you know. like. Well, here, while you, I while want you figure to out see your
3: excitement, let me just yeah. go quick, put a bow on that. I went back to 2015 yeah. for next gen stats. Right. Jeremy Macklin's top speed was about 22 miles per hour per uh, next gen stats. Eric Decker's was about 21. So, whatever. All
1: right.
3: Whatever
2: that
1: means.
3: <laughs> whatever that means.
2: Right. Um. Back to Gurley, though. Like, I, yes. I, I want to be excited about it. I just. I'm so skeptical with what we've seen out of the Rams the last couple of You years. skeptical? I know, shocking, right? Um, you know, like <laughs> something I something new and different from Marcus. <laughs> I hear a lot of great things and all, you know, like Sean McVay has all the want to in the world, but I just until I see it actually happen on the field, like I just I don't know. And like, you know, are we sure Todd Gurley is going to be this great pass catching threat in this offense? I mean, what happens, you know, how do they work in how do they continue to try to work in Tavon Austin? What happens with Cooper Cup? What happens, you know, with all these other moving pieces they have uh, if they are really focusing on trying to get the ball to Todd Gurley? I just, you know, I, I just want to see it happen first before I get on board with it.
1: Wiz, you excited or no? Uh,
2: Sure.
3: Like, I, I want to see
2: this I'm offense... the only
1: one in this room excited about Todd Gurley out wide? I mean,
3: he they moved him around and threw him a bunch of targets last, last year, but we just talked about this podcast on this very podcast like a week or two ago about how – uh, McVeigh wants a different player to come in and be his Chris Thompson. So it's great. They that signed Lance Dunbar, right? Yeah. It's great that they're moving him around, but it's going to be, you know, like we need to see how often he's going to be out there. If it's one or two plays a game and it's to get somebody else in a mismatch, who knows? But, like, it's, it's a positive sign. On June fourteenth, yes. not turning my nose up <laughs> at it entirely. Uh, I, we know Sean McVay's a great offensive innovator. He's yeah. done a lot of, of awesome stuff over there in Washington before yep. heading to LA. So let's see. The bigger threat is going to be whether if Gurley's lining up wide, can the guy under center actually get him the ball?
1: All right. Why do we got to? Why do we got to drag him under the bus?
3: I'm just. I'm why not dragging gotta, him
1: under the bus. Okay. Right. I just put him in front of it and
3: said, you can get out of the way if you want. I'll tell him to go where the sun sets, and we'll see which direction he goes.
1: Oh, come on. All right, we'll stay with the quarterback theme. Andrew Luck not expected to throw at all during mini camps this week. Luck is recovering from a January shoulder surgery. And the team has said there's no timetable for his return, with Chuck Pagano going so far as to say that he's not sure if Luck's going to be available for training camp when that starts in late July. Luck only missed one game last year. But, MJ, is it fair to say at times he looked uncomfortable? And remember, he originally jacked up his shoulder in 2015, missed a bunch of games there.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, it's fair to say he looked uncomfortable there. I mean, part of it has been playing behind a sketchy offensive line the last couple of years. Yeah, at Limited some point. Run game. Yeah, I mean, at some point, I think anybody's going to start to get a little skittish back there. So, like, that, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, it's for him not throwing in minicamp. I'm not really too worried about it. I mean, as long as as he can potentially be available for some part of training camp, get a, get a little work in in the preseason, I think it's gonna be fine. Um, you know, I think the Colts would be wise to try to limit him and protect him as much as possible. He is he is the franchise right now, so they 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 need to just make sure he's gonna be healthy
3: for the season.
1: Uh, level of concern, Alex Gelhar
3: for luck. Sorry, I was yeah. reading something. Um mild right now like he's I think he's a guy that we know what he's capable of if he's healthy and he's incredibly smart and studious and he's been in the league for a number of years so missing out on these reps isn't entirely detrimental it could slow down the timing and things for his wide receivers which might be you know more of a concern for them but I think luck at least in fantasy will still get his if he's healthy for week one
1: all right let's talk about the mock draft that we did what was that Monday morning
3: uh, last Friday. Last, last Friday. Friday, Friday morning.
1: All my days bleed together here. But um, it was a 12-team mocker. Uh, we had a lot of our guys from NFL.com. We added a couple of guys uh, from outside the office as well. Alex Gelhart, break it down.
3: Well, I'll run you through quick. So we had Jake Seely from Roto Experts. He came in, had pick number one. We had Ari Engel from footballguys.com. Yep. And then we had Scott Fish uh, from, I think he's a Friend, dinas- friend of the pod. Friend of, friend the, of the pod, Scott pod. Fish. We had him on a couple weeks ago as well. Um, and then we had Fabiano, franchise rank Marcus, James, me, Cynthia, Matt Money Smith, and Alex Wilk, producer from uh, Fantasy and Friends. But I mean, this one was this draft was interesting because the first round started out about as usual as usual. The big yeah. three running backs went, mm-hmm. a bunch of the wide receivers went, and since it was twelve teams, Melvin Gordon, LaShawn McCoy, and Demarco Murray all went in round one two. Where things started to get a little different was already in round three. Uh, Jake Sealy started off round three with Devontae Adams Ooh, as the wide receiver. Was as the wide receiver twelve.
1: <laughs> ahead
3: <laughs> ahead of Terrell Pryor, Amari Cooper, uh Allen Robinson, Demarius Thomas, uh, Brandon Cooks, Sammy Watkins, Dante Moncrief, so like a lot of big names went after Devontae Adams. I know Seeley said that he believes Adams to be a lock for double digit touchdowns again in that Packers offense, and I guess if that's your belief on the guy, why go, not take him early? Go get him. Still early though. Still early for me.
1: Yeah. I mean he, he was on that turn, so it, it you know, he, he's gotta go get his guy. Right. But still that felt wow, that
3: felt early. Um for me, my team, I went uh Odo Beckham Des Bryant right away, and then since there was such a huge run on wide receivers and I wasn't exactly in love with taking Todd Gurley yet, I opted for Rob Gronkowski. And then what's nice is, like, there's still so much good value with potential RB1s in rounds, I'd say, like, four to seven. Mm. Like, I picked up Spencer Ware, CJ Anderson, Amir Abdullah. All three guys, yes, carry big question marks. However, you could easily tell yourself a story where all three of those guys – lead their teams in touches and touchdowns, and our top 30 backs.
1: By the way, if you want to read this entire uh, write-up, you could go to NFL.com slant- slash
3: Or slash uh, Fantasy Mock Draft. There you Should go, be there Fantasy as well.
1: Mock Draft. Okay, to find the full results and the full write-up, Alex Gelhard did a terrific job there. Uh, Marcus Grant, uh, I look at your team. You went four wide receivers in the first four rounds. I'm sorry, I didn't know you were Matt Harmon, pal. You know, I figured I'd, I'd try to turn over a new leaf this year. Um,
2: <laughs> Yeah, no, I did. I, you know, It didn't necessarily... Start out as a definite plan to do that, but it just kind of fell that way. So I went Mike Evans, T.Y. Hilton, Alshon Jeffrey, Jarvis Landry is my top four. I like
1: that start, by the way. And
2: then came back and got four running backs. Yeah, and, he did. You know, like guys who I think can be sort of touchdown monsters. Garrett Blunt, yep. Eddie Lacey, yep. uh, you know, Tevin Coleman can do some nice things. Doug Martin, you know, he's my fourth running back. So I that can, was a great battle. I can oh, wait my out. God. Eighth round, Doug yeah. Martin? Come on. Right. So I, yeah. you know, I would be waiting out, you know, the first couple games that he misses. Uh, I've got three other guys right there that I think can can handle the load while he's gone. And then yeah. when he comes back potentially as the number one running back in that Buccaneers offense, um, yeah, I mean, I you know, I, I waited. I think I waited maybe later than anybody else on a quarterback to get my first one, um, and I, I went – Wow, I'm looking at this! I went bucks heavy. I got Jameis Winston, Mike Evans, and Doug Martin all on the same <laughs> roster.
1: They better do well. Um, uh, you know, I like.
2: I mean, I like what their potential is this year. Here's a excited. good
3: point, though, about waiting on quarterbacks. Is like obviously we made a big bugaboo in the chat about Aaron Rodgers falling to the sixth round, but yeah. this is a a sharp or analyst draft, so it's always going to happen. Can we
1: talk about that? So explain well, to you know fantasy newcomers or, or or somebody who maybe isn't in one of these type of leagues, why is it smart? to wait on quarterback for so long.
3: Well, it's it's all about relative value and the fact is that if you invest in a quarterback in one of those early rounds, you're missing out like it's the it's the discrepancy in points that comes from like those top guys at the position. So if you the difference between like the uh, you know, the QB2 and the QB8 is not going to be as great as the RB2 and RB8 or even farther on down that line. It right. gets You know, There's been great articles written. You can search value-based drafting and things like that. A lot of smarter, more number-oriented people than I have written about that. But the fact of the matter is you want to take your shots on as many guys. Like that list I just said, the Spencer Ware, CJ Anderson, Amir Abdullah. Odds are probably two of them are not going to finish with where I wanted to draft them. But if I had taken a quarterback and still gotten two of the ones that didn't fail, then I'm in a much worse spot than taking that extra shot on those running backs or wide receivers, positions that are much more prone to injuries as well. When you can get great value at quarterback later, because the position is so deep. I mean, like
1: supply and demand.
3: So it's supply and demand. Like you know, yes, an Aaron Rodgers, a Drew Brees, a Tom Brady is going to be a great asset. Kirk Cousins has been a top eight quarterback in each of the last two years. Russell Wilson. I don't is see that falling. changing. i probably not changing. Russell Wilson has been a high scoring guy. He falls down there. Matt Stafford's always hanging around the top ten. He's a bargain. Jameis Winston will probably jump into the top ten this year. He's a bargain. Like the The fact that you can load up with so many good running backs, wide receivers earlier, and get a value at quarterback later is putting yourself in a much more likely position to succeed. Counterpoint: Yes, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. That's it. That's my counterpoint.
2: Oh, um, I mean, he he like, is the one counterpoint.
1: Like,
2: I mean, yeah. I mean, like, I, yeah. all all everything yeah. Alex said is absolutely one hundred percent correct. Um, right. you know, but I think there is there is something to be said for. You know, being able to target an Aaron Rodgers, a Drew Brees, a Tom Brady early. Like, and you know there, stability. There aren't there aren't a lot of guys you can you can do that with, but those guys where you can put them in your lineup and you feel confident you're gonna get, you know, around twenty points each and every week. Um, you know, and I, I think you know, I, I, the danger is obviously reaching for guys and maybe reaching for a guy like a Kirk Cousins or a Russell Wilson a little bit early as yeah. opposed to waiting on him. But if you have that guy you know is going to come out and, and give you solid, you know, top three, top five in his position numbers each and every
3: week, yeah. then I think it's okay to go out and See, get him right. I would say Aaron Rodgers is the only one to go from that rule, and the reason is because in seven of his nine years as the starter, he's yeah. finished as the QB1 or QB2. Right. That's exactly One right. of the years he didn't, he broke his collarbone and missed 7 games. Yeah. The other one was the Oh my god, the sky is falling. <laughs> is Aaron Rodgers broken year when he still finished as the QB7 still fantasy. Jordan so so
1: Nelson was gone. That is his yeah.
3: That is his basement level. That is like core of the earth bottom for yep. Aaron Rodgers is QB7. QB7 whereas right. these other guys like Breeze lots of top 2 finishes. He's had some like 5 or 6 range. And the trouble is if you invest in one of those guys early, as like the QB2 or QB3 and you don't get back that production that's where you start to lose I think Tom overall. Brady's in that conversation too. He's though. close. He's close.
1: I think with all the weapons they added in the offseason I, I think Tom Brady's in that conversation as well. Look, Aaron Rodgers went in round 6. If you took him in round 3, no one's hating. No, especially I, I in think... a
3: more casual league. Exactly. Like nobody's going to hate.
1: I don't I, I think that's fine. So, but you're right. In a, in a quote-unquote "experts league," you know, you're just trying to find value at running back and wide receiver. It's simple supply. Yep. and And in
3: standard scoring like the quarterbacks it's a lot more even playing field than than it is for those other guys I will
1: say this even if you're in a casual league if you miss out on Aaron Rodgers if you miss out uh, on a Tom Brady or or as Marcus said a Drew Brees man just sit back I mean literally do not address the quarterback situation until round 12 Well,
3: like that's why I wanted to bring it up because Marcus waited so late I was like hot damn Andrew Luck is still here in the seventh round of a 12 team mock draft I was like crazy I've got Two great wide receivers, the the number one tight end, and three running backs. I was like,
1: why the hell not? Why the hell not?
3: But then, I, you know, one, two, three, four, five rounds later, Kirk Cousins and Russell Wilson go. Yeah. Six rounds later, Prescott and Winston go. Yeah, that's, Seven that's great. rounds later, Stafford and Carr. Eight rounds later, Phillip Rivers. And in the last round, Marcus got Tyrod Taylor. As soon as I was watching the rest of the quarterbacks go when I had Andrew luck on my roster, I was just tilting the whole draft <laughs> I was like and I do it I do it every time in these mocks in the summer I might once yeah. or once I'll reach on a quarterback early and then yeah. I'm like why did I do this why did I do this So That's great all right so, uh yeah. any do we want to do a quick like otherwise a favorite pick surprising pick what do you guys think
1: Oh uh, yeah sure I mean what was your favorite pick Elhar?
3: I mean, I, I'll just toot my own horn here. I loved grabbing Terrence West in the 10th round. I've done a couple industry like drafts we're going to play out recently too yeah. uh, for football diehards and other things, and he is always hanging around there. And I think it's an amazing value because not only – he's the starting running back for the first four weeks. Danny Woodhead's going to be there, but yeah. West in the past mixed in with Juszczyk and other pass-catching backs. But he could easily fend off Kenneth Dixon. For the, for the starting job once Dixon comes back. Dixon's only in his second year. He battled injuries all last year, and now he's coming off a of suspension. That's not exactly how you win favor with a front office. The <laughs> thought that he's going to come back and just take over the starting job is ludicrous. Like, yeah. the guy to draft late like that is Doug Martin, like, Mar- like Marcus did. But I think Terrence West, so at the very least, in 10th round, I've got four weeks of a viable starter in a standard league, potentially a starting back in what could be a resurgent offense for the whole year in the double-digit rounds. All day every day, please.
1: Marcus Grant, it. favorite pick on your team? Uh on my team? Yeah,
2: sure. Uh I mean what I, favorite pick in general. I, I mean, I obviously I like Doug Martin pick there yeah. in, in round eight. I think that's a solid one. The one yeah. I actually like that, that is not from my roster, uh money scooping up Paul Perkins in the fifth round. Because I'm I'm starting to come around on Paul Perkins in that back. Pauly P. I'm starting to come around there. I mean, he is going to be the starter. It looks like he's going to be the closest thing they have to a workhorse in, in that running game. And but uh, in round five? Uh, you know, because I was—I t- mean, had he
1: had he gotten there?
2: Uh, I was going. To, I was going to probably pull the trigger on yeah. that in that round, but uh, but money got to him first. I look at
1: the. I look at the running backs that went after Paul Perkins, Frank Gore. I'd rather have Paul Perkins, CJ Anderson. Uh, they're about the same to me. LaGarrette Blunt, I'd rather have LaGarrette Blunt, Samaj P. Ryan. Obviously, I'd rather have Samaj P. Yeah, Ryan. bad
2: news for everybody. Uh, Adam Rank took Samaj P. Ryan in the fifth round. So. Oh no. R.I.P. Samaj P. p. Is over.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Samaj P. Ryan is uh. over
3: before he started. <laughs> Another one I want to throw out. He probably went a little later. I think we all just kind of overlooked it. But yeah. Matt Forte is going super late in drafts oh because goodness. people are like, oh, he's old, Bilal Powell's gonna come in and work
1: in. And the Jets offense is
3: And it's yeah trash. piloted by Josh McCown. They just cut Decker. They had tra- the, they lost Brandon Marshall in free agency. But this is a great situation for a back that's as adept at pass catching as Forte is. Even if he's splitting work with Bilal Powell only getting fifteen touches a game, like he should be able to do damage in the flex with a few carries and a few catches and like he and Powell could honestly like Get seventy to hundred targets because who else is going to catch them? And the Jets are going to be behind. You're right. And you know what's great when, you're a, right. when a quarterback's under pressure? You know who's going to dump it. it off? Dump it off. Dump it off. You're dump right. It off. You're absolutely. So right. like even in a standard league, Forte is a great late round flex. If you're in PPR, don't sleep on the old man. So you're basically saying that Matt Forte is going to be the bane of my PPR existence. Probably. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <But> <laughs>
2: he's going to be that annoying like seven catches right, exactly. for like nineteen yards yep. and going right. to irritate me. Yep.
1: Yep, there it is. <laughs> Boom. All right, so there you go. Again, you can find the entire full write-up, NFL.com slash or NFL.com slash fantasy mocked draft. Singular.
3: Singular or plural. Both work Oh, in well, case yeah. people messed it up. Look at you. It's just me covering the bases. I
1: like it. That's smart. <laughs> All right, let's break down the AFC North. The Steelers were 11-5 and last year. We'll start with Lev Bell. He missed four games due to suspension. Still racked up almost 1,900 total yards. Had nine total touchdowns. Le'Veon Bell. Top three pick. What say you? I don't think anyone disagrees. Number right? one pick. Nope. Number one pick. Yep. I don't hate it. I'm not mad at it. All right. There you go. Antonio, Why don't you be mad at it? I'm not <laughs> mad at it. I mean, you know. Antonio Brown, 106 receptions, 1284 receiving, 12 touchdowns, the third consecutive season with double-digit touchdowns. He was a guy that a lot of folks were taking number one overall in 2016. Now we're seeing him fall into the middle part of that first round. Again, Pretty safe floor, pretty good upside-out skill. Hard.
3: Yeah, this he's like the Aaron Rodgers of wide receivers where he might get beat out from the top spot, but it's not going to be by much. Mm-hmm. He's been incredibly consistent. He's a phenomenal player, and his his volume is secure, so there's no doubt. I mean, to me, he's he should be the first wide receiver off the board. Marcus Grant. Uh yeah, no, I mean Antonio Brown is I think I think he's the number 1 wide receiver. I think
2: he's a guy I wouldn't be surprised to see him go top 3 in a few leagues. Um I think you know, you'll have some people who think outside the box and don't necessarily want to go after one of the top 3 running backs and they'll go Antonio Brown. But um if I, I would be shocked if he gets anywhere past 5 in most drafts.
1: Martavis Bryant he returns from suspension after missing all of 2016. Again, <clears throat> I know I've brought this up on the podcast before. And keep in mind, I'm invested in DeMar Davis Bryant as well. All right, but do we romanticize? Wait, do you, do you
3: need to take a quick moment to talk about your uh, my fancy baseball le- team, your League of Leagues. Oh,
1: listen, dude, <laughs> we made a monster trade.
3: I mean, See, you shouldn't have sent me down. Frank's not here, so I wanted to make sure you guys got. We
1: hit traded. We traded Demar DeRozan for Elvis Andrews and uh, Santiago Casilla and the ninth uh, overall supplemental pick in the in the rookie draft. That's huge. It's a monster. It's a monster trade. We're excited about it. I think we could win baseball. I know
3: uh, all those guys you mentioned are athletes: DeRozan <laughs> basketball, Andrews baseball. Right? Am I right? True. You're right. Okay, there 100%. we go. Good. Look at me. <clears throat> I know sports. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> ninth
1: uh, ninth pick in the rookie draft. We're probably going football there. So, oh, we'll, good. We'll find somebody. We'll find somebody. And we can bring <laughs> this. Po- then
3: we can bring it back to relevance on this podcast.
1: <laughs> um, do we romanticize the aliens game? Because listen, he's started. For his career, eight games, he had 769 receiving yards and six touchdowns plus one rushing touchdown in 2015, the last time he played. 769 and seven total touchdowns in 2015. And yet, and again, I'm a guy that buys in. But do we romanticize a bit too much on Martavis Bryant's game?
3: No. No. He's one of the most prolific touchdown scorers in the league when he's on the field. And, you know, the hope is now that you will get him for a full sixteen games. I honestly think he's kinda of undervalued right now. Wow. A lot of people are a lot of people are probably worried. Well, I've seen him, depending on rankings, in the thirties, maybe floating around forty. He should be in the twenties, I think, and it wouldn't surprise me if he okay. went even higher. Just because I mean, he scored fifteen <clears throat> touchdowns in twenty one games. Like we know he he's starting he's to put it all, an
1: entire season of football. Yes. I mean,
3: he's starting to put it all together. He's an incredible athlete. He's playing with a good quarterback and a great offense. It's not all in his shoulders as it was with Josh Gordon when he was coming back and stuff like that. I like. I just think it's a great. I think he's in a great position.
1: Let's go to the fantasy skeptic.
3: Uh, I do think we romanticize him, but that doesn't
2: mean we're wrong. Okay. Uh, you know, I mean, I think both things can be true. We definitely, great point, great uh, we point. We've definitely fallen in love with Martavis Bryant for good reason. But, I, I mean, everything everything checks out. His athletic ability, his his uh, role in one of the more high-powered offenses in the league. I mean, everything just seems to fall in line. And, and you add to it the fact that when he was out, the cast of characters that the Steelers tried to use to replace him, you know, these Sammy Coates and the Eli Rogers and and everything else didn't work, didn't work out. So he's going to slide right back into that number two role behind Antonio Brown. And and that machine's going to start cranking again. Uh, And, and, the upside is that hopefully everybody is there from week one on. Because that's, that's something the Steelers haven't been able to say the last few no. years. They haven't had the whole cast of characters around in nope. week one. So hopefully— Lev
1: Bell, Antonio Brown, Martavis Bryant, Ben Roethlisberger. Right. When you get those four guys together, watch out. Right.
2: So, yeah, I I, I think, you know, we, we definitely romanticize Martavis Bryant, but there's a reason we do it.
1: Yeah, it's crazy because we talk about him as if he's— done it you know what I'm saying like a thousand he's never done a thousand yards he's never done double digit touchdowns you know what I'm saying so it's interesting to me and again look I just bring it up because I buy in (laughs) you know I I love upside you know me I love upside so I buy in I'm just saying it's interesting we talk about him like he's done it before he's never done it yet Right, so we're hoping he'll do it in twenty seven. Well, I mean, he had
3: the one year where he like missed half the year, only played his rookie year, or whatever. Where right. he barely, you know, he barely played, and I think all, almost all of his production came in the back half of the season. when he started amazed. once he started to see the field. Yeah, so. that's
1: right, that's right. All right, the Baltimore Ravens were eight and eight last year. We'll talk. We, well, we've talked extensively about their wide receiving core, but uh, let's talk about Terrence West. There, 774 rushing yards, five touchdowns, 4.0 yards per carry in 2016. He's the de facto starter for Baltimore with Kenneth Dixon being suspended. You love yourself. Yeah. I a mean, little bit of Terrence West.
3: I kind of preached this in the draft when I was talking about this pick. I guess i spoiler for this. But, I mean, Dixon, I'm a, I, we should know I'm a huge Dixon fan <clears throat> from his work at Louisiana Tech. I was oh, a big yeah. fan of him last year. Oh, yeah. But I think it's crazy right now to invest a pick in this guy who's going to miss four weeks. Like, I'm not touching Kenneth Dixon in any draft. doesn't matter what format. Uh, Woodhead and Terrence West are established veterans. West played really well last year. He was kind of resurrecting his Can we talk career.
1: about Woodhead for a little bit? Because Kyle yeah. of Juszczyk is
3: gone we now. Should.
1: And Woodhead, I think, walks into a, a very nice, at least, opportunity.
3: Oh, 100%. I mean, Juszczyk had a ton of, uh, targets last year. Over 50, like we said. And I think, uh, our friend Scott Barrett over at Pro Football Focus had said the last two years, uh, Baltimore is second in the league in targeting their running backs in the passing attack. Woodhead, we know that's that's his game. He's great at that. He can run between the tackles. And yeah. I, I'm curious to see if they use him in the red zone because he was a pretty good red zone threat back in the day with the Chargers there. True. They would line him up in the slot. They would line him up out wide. They would, you know, go shotgun and spread the team out and then run him through the middle. So Woodhead is an awesome value in standard and especially PPR. So wait, what, what round would Terrence West have to be hanging around in for you to take a shot at? I mean, I just took him in the 10th. I'd probably take him in the – I'd reach as early as – eight or nine okay <clears throat> like i'm not gonna reach on these guys high because it is yeah. a split workload and there is still the risk that he does lose the starting job but uh you know a, a starting i mean this is kind of like the the d'angelo williams thing when uh bell had his suspension it was like how high do you draft a guy that's probably going to be for sure a top 20 running back for four weeks all right like that's 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 for me why i'll throw i'll throw around a, a 8 to 10 round pick at that.
1: And you know, I don't hate that strategy because again, fantasy football is a is a weekly, weekly thing. You know what I'm saying? So if you can get out and get yourself, you know, massive points through those first right. four weeks,
3: what, head, what heads the safer long-term it. bet? Uh I mean, safer relatively he's coming off a major injury, but like you yeah. you would assume his role in the offense isn't going to be impacted by West or Dixon where it's those true. two could cannibalize one another.
1: All right, the Bengals were 6-9-1 and one last year. A.J. Green played just 10 games after sustaining a very severe hamstring injury in Week 11. Still in those 10 games, still racked up 964 yards, although not much of a touchdown threat, only had four scores in 2016. M.G., what does he do in 2017? Uh, yeah.
2: Wow, that's a deep sigh. For um, AJ Green, why? How oh no! Dare? Sorry, I was looking at something else. Oh, oh my bad. I was
3: like, "How dare you say him?" I was looking, at, a, no, like I was looking that. at something else. My fault.
2: Uh, no, AJ Green's gonna be fine. Uh, he jumps back in. He'll be the number one wide receiver. He's okay. gonna get a ton of targets. He's gonna be just fine. He's another guy who I think you know potentially could be a. a Late first round, early second round pick. He's going to be one of the, I think, top five receivers off the board. I think he's no a first, I think he
3: should always be a first round pick.
1: I agree to with To be that.
2: honest. I, I think so that.
3: too, but, you know, I, I I can see him slipping out of the first round. He's in plenty of draft. He's a lock for over 1,000 yards and probably 7 to 10 touchdowns. Like his numbers last year too, he was, you know, not to do the on pace thing, but he was on pace for like 1,400, 1,500 yards, which would have made up for the lack of touchdowns. I think his uh, season-long pace would have finished at about 6 or 7. Yeah. But I mean, like he's he is the number one guy there. Andy Dalton loves him. He gets targets. He gets the production. He's deep. He's a possession guy. He he should be a lock. As and a first I think it,
1: I think I like the fact that Cincinnati added a guy like John Ross to kind of unlock that offense a little mm-hmm. bit. I, they were definitely lacking a downfield threat other than AJ Green. So you know, if you take away that self safety help over the top, mm-hmm. you know that comeback route or the curl route or whatever it might be for AJ Green, all of a sudden becomes a lot more available.
3: And even if that safety. help is there he's worked against it for his whole career that's produced that's very
1: true as well all right how about uh, Tyler Eifert there stop me if you heard this before injury riddled season for Tyler Eifert he had ankle surgery that forced him out of the first six games in 2016 then a back injury forced him out the last two games he played eight games total uh, starting just two of those games MG, I think you have him outside of your top 100, if, I, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got him at 68. Uh, Wiz, you've got him at 74. Fabs has him at 75. And Adam Rank has Tyler Eifert at 61. So I go to MG. Why is he outside of your top 100? Look at
2: that 2015 season. 52 catches, 615 yards, and 13 touchdowns. Right now that is a major outlier in the rest of his career. You know what? That's a good point. That's a major outlier in his career. You know what? Career. That's a good point. You know, I mean the guy the 52 catches are career high, the yardage that year is a career high, the touchdowns obviously a huge number. He's yeah. never played 16 games. He's had as you mentioned tons of injury riddled seasons so far in his career, you know. So it just we know the potential is there, but you know, it just that, that year is starting to look more and more like just kind of not a fluke, but it just doesn't seem sustainable. So right now, yeah, I'm I'm skeptical of him. I'm
3: down on him just until, you know, he can be a little more consistent. Wiz. I, I think we know who he is. It's just a matter of health and he's had some bad injury luck. I mean, throughout rookie tight ends never do crap. We always talk yeah, yeah, about yeah. that. His second year, there was that offseason season drumbeat, as we always talk about uh, building for him, and then he had the elbow injury, lost the whole year. Right. His uh, 2015 is the is the best example of what he's fully capable of, and that's an awesome year for a tight end. I mean, he still scored five touchdowns in eight injury-plagued games last year. Yeah. Like he is he is one of, if not the best, like just pure red zone threats in the league. He's a total mismatch. Teams uh, constantly talk about having to scheme for him in that place because he's huge. He's got a big body and he's great at boxing people out and catching the ball. Great, so if they get down there, we know he's going to be. Dalton's going to be looking for him. So that's why I have him in like the seventies. I think after those couple top tier higher ceilings, even a little safer guys are gone. I think Eifert's one of the best of the bunch, especially in standard just because he's such a prolific touchdown scorer.
1: All right, we talked about Tyler Eifert playing eight games in the six games that were sandwiched in the middle of that, so we're taking away the first game back and the last game back. He averaged more than 11 fantasy points per game. He had two different games in that six-game stretch where he had 16 or more.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. Because he had one two touchdown game, and I think he had That's, another where he had like a hundo and a touchdown. That
1: is awfully enticing.
3: Uh, and I mean, think about—we were just talking with Martavis Bryant. He scored what I said, fifteen touchdowns in twenty-one games. Yeah. In Eifert's last twenty-one games, even including those back from injury, he scored eighteen touchdowns in twenty-one games. So there he's so so he's <laughs> mid-season Zach Ertz. He's yeah,
2: he's
1: he's, he's, he's mid-season Zach Ertz. <laughs> exactly right. There you go. Nailed it. Uh, the Cleveland Browns at one in fifteen last year. Isaiah Crowell. Listen, I, when you start. I'm talking about Isaiah Crowell. You don't even talk about the Crow. You talk about Joe Thomas. You talk about Joel Batonio. You talk about Kevin Zeitler that they picked up in free agency. J.C. Treader, Hugh Jackson, who wants to run and has been successful running the football. But Isaiah Crowell, uh, MG, your prospects for him. In 2017, does the crow finally fly? Free? I, think, I
2: think the crow flies now. Mind you, we might also be getting taken in once again by the greatest hype man in the uh the head coaching business in the NFL. The earth has moved. The earth has moved. You know, like Hugh Jackson is. The, <laughs> I, I keep saying it, he's like the greatest hype man in the NFL, at least in yeah. the head coaching business. For those position. that don't
3: remember, he said when he watched RG three for his workout before last season that he felt the earth move yep. beneath him. Yep as he was watching RG3 make throws and run around in shorts, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> so,
2: Good God. Uh, but I, I, I like Crowell.
3: <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like Isaiah Crowell is one of those
2: guys who gets perennially underrated, I think in part because he plays for the Browns, and everybody just kind of looks at that and says, "You gross, I don't want any part of that. But he's going to get opportunity. He's going to get touches. He's going to get shots down near the goal line to make plays. So, um, again, he's one of those guys you plug in maybe as a low-end, you know, or mid, mid-range RB2 and just kind of enjoy—it's not spectacular, but it's consistent, and I think that's, that's
3: worth having on your roster.
2: I
1: think, to me, he's a clear-cut RB2 with RB1 upside.
3: Right. The, the thing people are worried about is last year, if you look at his game logs, he looks like he's inconsistent in his fantasy production. He had a bunch of great weeks, then he had some dis- disaster weeks where he had like 2.7 points, 4.1. In those games, he barely touched the ball. So it seems that the narrative that's kind of coming out of Cleveland is they want to be more committed to a more established ground game, giving him the ball more frequently, which if you take his averages and put him back in those games where he only saw five, six touches, all of a sudden he's got a lot more respectable season. I just yep. looked. Fantasy Pros does consensus rankings. <clears throat> Isaiah Crowell is a consensus 26 overall player, the RB13. I feel that's about right where his value is going to be. Yeah. Uh, if he was on a better overall offense, I'd be more comfortable with pushing it up a little higher.
1: I think in casual leagues he's going to fall, though.
3: He's going to fall in casual leagues, and he's going to be a great value. Don't let the stink of the Browns or lack of a name value scare you off of this guy. That's right. Top 20 RB last year on a 1-15 team.
1: That's interesting, right? Top 20 RB on that team?
3: On a team now that should should have better quarterback play over the whole season, whether it's Cody Kessler (laughs) starting or Deshaun Kaiser. They have a better offensive line. They've got weapons on the outside.
1: I think about what they did this offseason to address the defense. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about this a million times through, but the run game and good Good defenses – It correlates. Exactly. It's peanut butter and jelly, man. So uh, they really – I mean, anytime you you add a guy – I mean, have you seen – Miles Garrett with his shirt off, he looks like the Incredible Hulk.
3: Yeah, he scares me.
1: I mean, he is unbelievable. So, yeah, you got, add a guy like uh, Miles Garrett who has all the talent uh, in the world to be a complete game-changer on defense. I, I like what they've been doing in the offseason. I, I really think that Isaiah Crowell, with that defense, with that offensive line, could be a real game-changer. And if, if he, he blows up, don't be surprised. If he
3: doesn't get hurt, his floor is probably like – a RB 20 to 30 like if everything goes just incredibly poorly but if things go right which is you want to chase the upside a lot of times in these situations when guys come out of value like I could if would it shock either of you if he finished as like the RB8 next no time? Nope. absolutely not 1200
1: yards and like 8 to 10 touchdowns yeah <laughs> That wouldn't shock me at all. Not at all. Not at all. All right. We move on. Corey Coleman, a broken hand, sidelined him six games. We're not even in the season yet, and we're already hearing about hamstring injuries, some other unidentified upper body injury that he sustained after he landed awkwardly on a football. By the way, uh, here's a note. Uh, When you play football, you're going to land on the football quite a bit. That's not good. (laughs) That's not good. Uh, Coleman reportedly done until training camp starts in late July, because of those various litany of injuries, guys, is it fair to worry about him being injury prone already? Uh, I mean,
2: it's it's not good. I mean, I'm not going to try to sugarcoat it, but I, I'm not I'm not going to just slap the injury prone label on him just yet. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you know, at some point, you you want. You need guys to be there to be on the field. I mean, you know, I, I think about Kevin White, who maybe not as as, or maybe a little bit more drastic than what we've seen from Coleman, but another guy who has had the start of his career severely delayed because he can't stay healthy. So I'm sure it's something the Browns are keeping an eye on and I'm sure as a, a fantasy fan people are really keeping a close eye on it because the guy has potential. It's just you just need him to be there.
1: Uh, Bill Ayers chimes in on Facebook Live and says, Won't the preseason change most of these rankings yep. anyways? Which oh, is it,
3: I mean it will it's it's also the preseason. Like yeah. that's not that's not gonna drastically shift our boards, but yeah. where it will matter is in some of these committees. You know, like Washington, the Washington backfield with Smaje P. Ryan. Of course, Facebook Live can't hear me, but <laughs> the Washington, <laughs> the Washington backfield, yeah. these crowded pass catching cores. When we see who starts getting favored for targets and stuff, it certainly has uh, an indication. That- I
1: think the uh, the rankings will. And and to address that question, uh, Bill, the the rankings will change. Yes, they will change. But you got to keep in mind. Guys aren't going to drastically change their rankings regardless. So what you're seeing right now, this is the baseline. I mean, guys might move 10, 15 spots at most, at most, but I don't think you're going to see anybody shoot up draft boards 30, 40 spots. That is rare. That is rare.
3: Um, The one thing I'd like to say, though, about this uh, split up here is that this kind of uh, I've been trying to, to to hype up Kenny Britt a little bit as much as you can hype up Kenny Britt on the Browns. Okay, but at least for fantasy, I think I felt coming into the season so far, looking at ADP and rankings, that he was going to be the better value. Interesting, because he's going right now on both fantasy football calculator and myfantasyleague.com okay. about four rounds later than Corey Coleman.
1: And you like that value better?
3: Yeah, absolutely. The, I mean, Britt's, But is not the, the
1: talent? I mean, that there's there's a reason why there's a four round differential, right? I mean, the talent level to me. When I look at Corey Coleman versus Kenny Britt, I mean, that's... I mean, there was a point where Kenny Britt, this is only like three, four years ago, it seems
3: like a damn eternity because uh, he's been in the league so long. Britt's only 29 right now. Mm-hmm. Wow. And yep. uh, there that's was a, a point, point before he had the off-field issues and tore his ACL where he was like the next big thing yeah, at beast. wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. Like, this guy's a physical specimen. He's a great talent. He just put up over 1,000 yards and four touchdowns on the Rams Hello. last year. <laughs> and if you can get that, like... It, Coleman sh- has a much higher ceiling I think in Cleveland based on the splash we saw his ped- pedigree he's younger sure but Britt I think is the better value in the safer pick for as like a wide receiver four or five get Close to a thousand yards and a handful of touchdowns again. You'll take it. I like it. I think you know it's funny. We uh, we talk about guys who get drafted maybe too
2: high sometimes because of name value. I feel like Kenny Britt's a guy who goes the other way because yeah. of his name value. People look at him it, like, uh, Kenny Britt. Uh, Kenny I like, <laughs> right.
3: think he's ancient. He's been right. on some bad teams recently. <laughs> like, oh, that guy can't do anything. But like, <laughs> he's a talented player and in a good situation, good situation, he'll be able to put up numbers.
1: That's crazy. He's 29.
3: I know. It's it. It honestly <laughs> feels like an eternity that he's been in the oh. league. Does it not?
1: It, it does. If I could. You said 29. I'm like, what? No. But he's one of
3: those guys that came into the league like when he was 20 kind of thing. Oh, so he was, a, he was a baby when he came into the league, started hitting that peak. Yeah, he came in the league in 09. And uh, it was 20, 2011 was the year in three Crazy. games he had almost 300 yards and three touchdowns. It all looked like it was coming together. Yeah. Injuries, off-field concerns, okay. fell apart.
1: But All right, let's open the floor here. Give me a fantasy storyline I'm missing in the AFC North. MG, my guy Marcus Grant. Um... Is it, is it time, or have we reached the point
2: where people are starting to uh, take off the rose-colored fantasy glasses for Ben Roethlisberger? Um, the, the fact that, that he's not a lock for top ten fantasy quarterback anymore. I feel, like, I feel like people look Anymore, at more He hasn't been in ages. But I feel like people look at that— Well, I mean, you go back to 2014, which wasn't terribly long ago. I mean, he was— He's in, had, like,
3: one—I think he's had one top-12 finish in right. the last, like, eight years.
2: But I feel like people look around at that Steelers offense, and they see Lev Bell, and they see Antonio Brown, and now Martavis Bryant is back. And I think the natural assumption is— Yeah, why well, the, wouldn't
1: you be excited about that? The
2: dude slinging the rocks is going to be putting up points, right? Yeah. But, but you know, when, we, when you start to break it down— I mean, one of the things we've always talked about here on this podcast is the— the wide gap between his home and road splits. First of all, yeah, it's insane. Uh, add in the fact, insane. That, add in the fact that at some point he's going to either miss a game or be playing uh, severely limited because he's hobbled around on you know on a bad leg with a bad back, whatever. You take your pick. Um, and I think I just think there's some point if we haven't reached it already that we will very soon. That people are going to look and say, you know, look, the the Steelers' skill position players can be very very productive. Ben Roethlisberger is not necessarily an every week starting quarterback.
1: I, th- that I agree with, but let's say he's you know one of two quarterbacks that you're rostering, and you're just kind of kind of playing, mixing, matching matchups. Yeah, so you play him at home. Yeah, exactly.
2: You <laughs> you start him at home, and you avoid him on the road. Which, you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe he and Drew Brees can alternate home and road games, so you can just
1: <laughs> just mix and match,
2: just go back and long. forth with
3: them. Alex Gellar, AFC North storyline. Uh, two minor ones, but it's the same position. Uh, don't overlook the tight ends on the Ravens and Browns. The Ravens right now, they lost. Like man, it's so unfortunate for Dennis Pitta. Like yeah. people thought his career was over two years ago. Battled back. I'm pretty sure he led all tight ends. Uh, he was second among all tight ends, I think. He had 120-plus 120
1: targets. targets, 121 man.
3: targets it's last insane. year. Uh, he had uh, over 700 yards. It was a great year for him, 80-some catches. He's gone. Benjamin Watson's still there, coming off an Achilles injury. Right. Uh, if he wins the starting job, he could easily be fantasy relevant there. That's he had home. a great year with New Orleans two years ago. Yeah, that's right. Achilles is a tough one, but Joe Flacco loves targeting his tight ends. And the other one is David Njoku. Like, he's a rookie tight end, and I literally just said like six minutes ago that yes. rookie tight ends do nothing. <laughs> However, but. they cut, you know, our our pal uh, Gary Barnage, and Hugh Jackson's tight ends the last three years. Why would they got to do
1: the barnyard dog like that? Bro. I don't know. That's that was cool. But
3: bro. the number one tight end in Hugh Jackson's last three offenses as averaged just shy of 80 targets, 56 receptions, 560 yards, and seven touchdowns. Now, granted – Eifert's numbers skew – his 2015 numbers skew that touchdown total a little bit. Yeah, But even if we drop it down a couple, that's just outside top 12 tight end territory. Interesting. And David Njoku is basically free right now. He's a great athlete. He's one of the tallest guys on the Browns roster. Could be a threat in the red zone. If you're in a deeper league and you wait on tight ends or you miss the big run – Throw a stab at him. Worst case, you can stream afterwards. Okay.
1: I don't hate it. All right. Let's close out your show with a Wait, round.
3: Did you want to do any more Facebook Live questions to your pals oh, geez, out there? I don't
1: know. Uh, sure. No? Yes.
3: No? All right. No. See. No? Nobody? No. All right. You know sorry. We're,
1: we're also running out of time. Sorry, Facebook Live. We're running out of time. <laughs> <laughs> Sucks
3: to suck, Daily Daps.
1: Yes. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the Daily
2: me up daps about,
1: daps. All right, daily DAP time. We go to the WizKid from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhar. What you got?
3: Uh, two things. One, I started watching Veep recently from the beginning. I started in the beginning years ago when it was there. Right. I liked it, just kind of lost steam with it. You know what happens. And uh, it's been a long, been around so long, and uh, so many people keep hyping it up. I was like, I got to go back and start this from the beginning, give it a shot. Man, that show is hilarious. It's super well written. The, the dialogue is just whip-smart, and there's just so many great jokes. The cast is incredible. Uh, so if you haven't watched it yet, HBO Go, go check it out. It's, it's a really, really great comedy. And it's one of those ones that's just easy to bang through episodes because they're like 25 minutes long. So okay. sit down for an hour and almost watch three episodes. And then the other Daily Dap is this rock band a buddy had sent me called Chemis, K-H-E-M-M-I-S. Chemists. They're a rock band from Denver, Colorado, and they've got kind of this this metal, harder rock, kind of uh, – melodic sound to them and they're 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 just a really good uh kind of grind music if you're grinding at work or maybe workout stuff or if you're into hard rock they're a smaller band but check them out uh been a big fan of their stuff and listening for the last couple days franchise is that you (laughs) i wasn't talking about i wasn't talking about katie perry or
1: anything over here uh mg my guy marcus grant uh
2: you know daily dap to uh I, i was very late on this train but uh was you know Thumbing around through Netflix or I guess Amazon Prime and uh, watched Ex Machina, the, oh, the night, which was a fantastic, Lord. fantastic film. Oh, good uh, Like God. I, said, I know I'm, I'm very late on this, but uh, that movie's right in your wheelhouse too. Oh, I can't believe I haven't seen it. You yet. know, it's like one of those things that I meant to see and just never got around to. So finally, the other night, just uh, just, tuned the, just threw it on. And I don't
1: feel like that's a movie you can watch right before you go to bed, though.
2: Uh I mean, I don't, I don't have robots in my house, so <laughs> it's fine. It's, it's just, a thought-provoking movie. though. it's absolutely, it's a mind-f. Man, I'm like, oh, it is, and I you know, can't do it. Oscar Isaac was incredible in that movie. Oh, the whole trio the, uh, of them are great. Yeah, I yeah, mean, it's uh, uh, Alicia really
3: Vikander, uh, yeah. Donald Gleason, Crap. and Oscar Isaac, and they are just awesome.
1: Isaac sold the show, though. Yeah. Oh, he
3: did. He totally sold as the his show. like really weird, bizarre,
2: unpredictable billionaire guy. Billionaire guy, totally. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. it was
1: it was supposed to be like an understated feel to that movie, you know what right. I'm saying? And, and he absolutely stole the show. So, I loved him. In
2: yeah, the uh, it's on. I think it's on. I believe it's. I watched it on Amazon Prime. So if you got that, you go, go check it out, or just find it. It's yeah,
1: it's man. That's so. a great, great movie. All right, I'm gonna burn about ah maybe 15, 20 minutes of your productivity if you listen to this podcast today. But listen, man, go find this dude Harry Mack, on YouTube. This guy look if, if you've been following me if you follow this podcast you know I'm, I'm into hip-hop I'm I, I am not exaggerating here Harry Mack is the greatest freestyle rapper I've ever heard right. off the top off the dome Harry Mack there is no comparison I mean Eminem is in this conversation of freestyle rappers right uh, I, I don't know who else is in the conversation but man you know who
3: was really good that I saw live? Maybe this is a fun question we could all throw to our best one we saw live. Was Common was a surprisingly
1: oh, good freestyle no. rapper. He's a great free freestyle rapper. He does not hold a candle to Harry Mack. All this right then. dude kills his freestyles. Uh, there is a very famous clip of him uh, going to Venice Beach. So he's local, by the way, uh, local to L.A. Uh, he goes to Venice Beach. He throws up a tune, uh, a beat, and just starts rapping and, and incorporating people that are walking by. And he starts to build a crowd, (laughs) and for, I swear, for 10 straight minutes, this dude is freestyling off the top and incorporating people that are coming to watch his performance. So he is... That sounds pretty awesome. Unreal, this guy. Harry Mack. uh, Also search for Harry Mack Power 106 because he does a bunch of freestyles uh, on Power 106, which is a local hip-hop station here in in Los Angeles. But, man, I'm not exaggerating here. I'm telling you, Harry Mack is literally... The best freestyle rapper I've ever seen.
2: I started to Google him, and the first thing that pops up is Harry Mack freestyle. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: that's awesome. i have to check that out later. Uh, before we sign off, though, don't yes. forget NFL.com slash draft kit. Get yeah. prepared for your draft. You can do mock drafts there. Rate and review the podcast on iTunes, please. Please. And follow all of us on Twitter, at JamesDCo, at MarcusG, with two A's, and at Alex Gelhar.
1: Uh, I will say this. If you rate and review the podcast, you definitely have a leg up. When we open up those listener leagues... Cause we're gonna find you again. You know what I mean? I gotta go.
3: Start. I gotta probably just go start saving some of them right you now. You know what I'm saying? Get some screen grabs. Maybe exactly. I'll this Afternoon.
1: Exactly. Rate and review the podcast today. As Alex said, go check out the Draft Kit NFL.com slash Draft Kit. You will find everything you need to get ready for your 2017 fantasy draft right there. For the Whiskit from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhar for MG. My guy Marcus Grant. I'm James Coe. We're out.